the book of Second Peter, I believe that Peter is saying in this first chapter of, of, of his second epistle, he's talking about us growing. And as we see this growth and we see this change in the character and the, and the thoughts and the ideas and the actions of the individuals, we have an assurance of real salvation. And Peter comes down to verse number 9 and 10 and, and he says, you know, if you're lacking these things, we ought to check and see about our salvation. Verse 10, Wherefore the rather brethren... You might say, well, they're all saved. I believe he's talking to a group of people that says they're saved. But I believe he's saying this, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto us, unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So is it important to check? Is it important to check and to see? He said be diligent, speedy, with effort, with diligence, with earnestness. Let us make sure of our calling. Now, what calling would that be? A general call? Uh, the word here, the word is a, a bid or a call to come forth by the Holy Spirit. So that's a different call than a general call, isn't it? I believe you could see this in Second Timothy chapter number 2. Who has saved us? 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse... I, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1... Verse 9. I believe this is a very important verse right here for understanding. If you could read it with us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Could you see this? that the same one that saved me is the same one that called me. That the same one that called me saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but the same one that called me has a purpose for me. And that purpose was laid out before the foundation of the world. That must be a call of the Godhead. That's not a call of the preacher. That's not a general call of the gospel. That is a call from the one, the same one that saved me, called me. I need to make sure that I've not just heard a general call, but I have heard a call that comes to my heart and brings me to a place of growth and a change in character in my life. Uh, another time, if you would... Read with us. In first Thess Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, 
Paul is going to say this, I know, beloved, your election of God. That's in verse number 4. First epistle to the Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. So Paul could see that there was a call that God had chosen, that God had drew them out. How could he see that? By the way they lived. He could see that by their response to the gospel. He could see that by the work of God that was done in their lives. So, again, this is, this is my thought. 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul said, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves, know ye not, your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. You know, it's just over and over to make sure of our salvation. Check. Look again. Make sure of your call, your election. How important is that? I'd like to just give you a a few statistics. So just think on this for a moment. So there's about 30, 33, uh, 332 million people in America today. That was actually 2021. 302 million people are on social media. I'll say that again. 332 million people in America today, approximately 302.2 million people are on social media. 90% of Americans are on Facebook. I'm I'm sorry, 90% of Americans are on social media. 74.2% of adults are on Facebook. Two hours and 27 minutes a day, the average American spends on social media. They check their mobile device 159 times per day. I, I know you're shaking your head. But that's the honest to God truth. And you might think, well, that's not for everybody. I'll agree that's not for everybody. But look at what America thinks is important. So another statistic, maybe you would consider this more important. In 2000, in 2022 in January, the average workplace retirement account was 1442 thousand dollars hundred forty four thousand dollars toward retirement in December of that same year it was a hundred and eleven thousand dollars it fell by 23 percent in 2022 50 percent of Americans check their retirement account three times a week lots of anxiety recommendation is maybe once a quarter because that's how often the companies that most people are invested in give a report. How often should I check on my salvation? Should I just put that off? Should I just let that fall by the wayside? 
How long's it been since you checked on your salvation? You say, preacher, I know I'm saved. Have you checked it by the book? Have you checked to see if it lines up with the Word of God? A lot of folks say they're saved. I don't remember the exact statistics, but I'm going to say that it was somewhere around 70 to 80% of Americans claim to be Christians today. But somewhere in that 60 to 70% range, hardly ever or never visit the house of God. Again, this is what I'm trying to get at. Should we check on our salvation? You think it's important to check on our salvation? And if you think I'm uh, shooting your bull, you can look it up and check it for yourself. I tell you, we're, we're interested in things, but I'm afraid it's not the right thing. I'm afraid it's not what's important. I believe we'll look in Proverbs chapter 6. I believe as far as salvation, most people are very slothful about that. Saved and lost alike. I don't believe there's a lot of checking. The truth is, there's probably folks right here today that's not opened their Bible or read verses or read a chapter since Sunday night. If then. But how important is it that I be assured of my salvation? So I'd like to just look at Proverbs chapter number 6, verse number 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. So, This word sluggard, it means to be sluggish or slothful, to be lazy, to be drowsy. Uh, You know, today, man is looking for some things. He's looking for pleasure. He's looking for sin. He's looking forward to seeing something new. He's looking forward to going someplace new. He's looking backward that if he could... You know, maybe we could go where we uh, went on our honeymoon. Maybe we could go where we went uh, uh, when we first took our kids on vacation. They're looking for something to fill up. They'd like to have that feeling. They'd like to have that satisfaction. But as far as really looking to see and to check about our salvation and our calling and our election to make sure that is real. There's not much of that going on. According to the Word of God, you know, it says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. And you might say, well, that's an awful ugly thing to say. Well, I didn't say it. Solomon said it. The writer of the Proverbs said it. You know, we're, we're looking for all kinds of things to make us happy. I'll tell you, if you could know that you were saved and you were born again, and the Holy Spirit of God lived in your heart and your life, I tell you what, I believe that'll make you happy. I believe that'll give you joy. I believe that'll help you through the low places. 
I believe that'll help you when you don't have something new to look at, when you don't have somewhere old to go back to, uh, uh, when, when the bottom is seemingly dropping out. Would you imagine a multitude of people in 2022 if they were looking at their retirement account three times a week and by the end of the year it fell 23%? You reckon they were down and out? You reckon they were singing the blues? I tell you, friend, we better have our hope in something besides this world. We better, we better uh, be mindful. And you know what? What does this man say? This man says, hey, look, this is what he says. Go to. You remember Matthew said that word? You remember Matthew said that on Monday? Go to. So he says here, go to the ant. Come and look. That's what he's saying. For all of us, I, you might say, well, preacher, I know I'm saved and everything's just wonderful. <laughs> well, I believe it'd be good to do this. Let's go to the ant and look. Let's go to the ant and learn. Let's go to the ant. Let's not be slothful. Let's not be lazy about the things of God. You know, I may lose everything that I've got. It's the truth. I mean, I, 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 I've, and I know you have too. There's been some big dives through the years, haven't they? And you've lost a pile. But I tell you this, that's not the most important thing. I tell you the most important thing is that make our calling and election sure. That we might give diligence. That we might be earnest in that. We, we might make great effort in that. That we might do that with speed. That we might do that earnestly and, and with great effort and, and, and great sincerity that we might honestly see that and look into that. And the man, the man writes and says, Go to, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways. I, 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 and, and listen to this. What does it say about the ant? It also says this about the ant. There are four things that are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The first one on the list is the ant. The ant are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. What's he saying for us to do? I want us to go. Would you come and look at the ant? Could the ant teach me something about my need to make my calling and election sure? To be diligent. Go to the ant and learn. Let's go to the ant and see what the ant has to say to us. Go to the ant and consider her ways and be wise. So, uh, this, this ant, what can I learn about her? Well, the first thing that he says is, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer. So the ant, the word means has no officer, has no chief, has no ruling power. You know, there's not a queen bee in the ant colony. There's not a boss, per se, in the ant colony. Yet everybody is working, and everybody is laboring, and everybody is on their job, and there's no boss, no chief, no officer, 
No ruling power. There's nobody urging them. Nobody stirring them. Nobody driving them. Nobody telling them they have no guide. And yet, yet somehow on the inside of them is an instinct that God gave them that they would gather their meat in the summer, that they would prepare for the winter, that they would prepare for the days that are coming down the road. Though they're little, yet they are small, yet they are strong, and they are wise. Oh, could we learn something here? Uh, Could we learn from the hand? I ask you this today. Do you have any guide? Do you have any chief? Do you have any helper? Do you have a ruling power? I say this today. You know what we've got today? We've got reasoning. Uh, Friend, do you think an ant has reasoning like humanity has reasoning? A dog doesn't have reasoning, but we have reasoning, and yet the ant is prepared preparing for the days that are coming and man is so slothful and so uh, uh, enamored with the things of this world that he doesn't apply, makes no diligent effort, makes no diligent search, does not assure himself, does not assured by the Word of God, but here is an ant that has no reasoning. I have reasoning. I have a parent. I had two parents growing up as a young boy. Uh, friend, I had, I had, a, I, 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 I've had uh, people to guide me. I've had teachers. Uh, I believe you could say this. We've got magistrates. Uh, we've got ministers. Uh, we've got multitudes of people around about us that would give us guidance. We, we've got colleges. We've got all kinds of things. We've got the Word of God. Uh, we have the Spirit and the power of God. We have the the written Word of God. We have the preached Word of God. We have the taught Word of God. We have the Word of God. If you're saved, it written down on the tables of your heart. But I wonder today, is there any diligence? Is there any work? Is there any effort? Is there is there anything that we have gleaned from this? If the ant who has no chief and no ruling officer and no guide... What in the world? How is it that they're making preparation and we're not? I'm okay. By the Word of God or by you? Am I going to stand and God's going to take my Word Preacher, I made a profession years and years ago. God, I made this profession and that's good enough for me. I tell you what we've got here. We've got a guide. We've got a chief. We've got a ruling officer. We've got someone to give us direction. Will we follow that? The ant has no guide, no chief. This is what the Bible says. The ant, the ant, The ant has no guide, again the chief, no overseer, the officer, or ruler, the ruling power. He has none of that, and yet, with all diligence. Now I ask you, how diligent is the ant? It's absolutely nonstop. Have you ever watched them? He's saying, come and look at them. Do they ever stop their work? They don't stop their work. 
Ikea friend, it doesn't matter if it's a tree in the way, if it's my boot in the way, a friend, if I stick a log in the way, if I lay a rock in the way, it doesn't matter what the obstacle, what the problem, what it might be. I tell you, they're going over it, under it, around it. They are going to get their job done and they will not be detoured by the things that are around. I tell you, they've got something, something that's moving them and driving them that would bring them to make preparation for the days that are lying ahead. And man, with all of his wisdom, with all of his reasoning, with all of the parental, with all of the magistrates, with all of the ministries, with all of the people that are guiding, directing with the Word of God, with a conscience that's inside of you, with, a, with nature that is showing us that we're soon to leave this world, and man is still slothful in checking to make sure about his calling and election to be sure. That, that, that sounds foolish, doesn't it? I'm going to ask this. In your own mind, you just go over it. How much time do you spend on your phone a day? How would that rank with how much time you spend in the Word of God? You answer that for yourself. Maybe you're not one. I'm not on Facebook. And I'm not saying that to glory in it. I'm not downing it. But maybe the television is what takes your time. If the TV, how much time is spent in front of the TV versus how much time is spent in the Word of God? We taking the TV with us? We taking the social media with us? We taking all of our friends with us? No, I tell you, we're going to stand before God. And He's given us direction. Oh, slothful one. Oh, sleepy one. Oh, drowsy one. Isn't it amazing? I believe it's true. I believe it is so, so true. You turn on the movie, whatever it is, whatever suits you. Action movie, a western movie, a love story, whatever it might be, you turn it on and man can stay awake two hours, two hours and 53 minutes, three hours and 12 minutes, whatever, get the Word of God out, man's going to sleep. Is that true? Do you see who's behind that? Do you see who's behind that? I tell you, you think the devil is not in this. You think he hasn't been cast out into the earth. And you might, you might disagree with that and say, well, I, I don't believe that's the way it is. Well, I know this. He was once on the throne of my heart. He was once the reigning and ruling authority in my life. And I know that he was cast out of heaven he was cast out of the heavenly place. He was cast out of the place where God dwells. Where the Holy Spirit, where Jesus said, you obey, you keep my commandments, me and the Father, we will come and dwell with you. I tell you, God set up His kingdom in my heart. And friend, the devil had to be moved out. But he didn't go far. I've still got him to deal with and so do you. 
And the truth is, when it comes to the things of God, we're drowsy. When it comes to the things of God, we're lazy. When it comes to the things of God, we're slothful. When it comes to the things of God, they're not that important. Honest to God, it really is hard for me to keep my mind focused on the things of God, but the things of the world and the pleasures of the world and the things that interest and satisfy the flesh, it's amazing how our attention can be drawn to that. The writer is saying, let's look at the ant. Come and let's look at the ant. Look at the ant and consider her ways. Would you, would you think about this? The ant, there's three different names that's given for the ant. And one of them is a word that means an unperceived motion. Quiet. Quietness. The ant moves. There's no loud racket when the ant's moving. And for the most part, the ant is doing its job and nobody ever knows it. That's what he's telling us to do. It's not with a loud racket that we make sure our salvation. It's not that there has to be some great movement in the outward to get the attention of everybody that everybody might know that I'm saved and I'm right with God. I tell you, the ant's not like that. The ant's not calling attention to itself. The ant is doing its work. I tell you, just silently as far as the human ear, maybe maybe a dog could hear it. And I, I, I didn't think about it for right now, but the anteater, I don't know what he is. Uh, uh, perception in hearing is, but I would imagine it's very, very great. But for me as a human being, you see, he's not telling the anteater to go look at the ant. He's telling me to go look at the ant. He's telling me to learn. So really the ant is doing its work silently and without any real commotion for anybody. He's doing his work and it's an important work and it's a daily work and it's an ongoing work and it's a work that he never rests and it's a work and you know something? It's the kind of a work, friend. If I got a if I got something that's too big for me, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna have some some friends that's going to come and help me. A uh, friend, I'm never, ever, ever going to hinder. A uh, friend, I'm not going to hinder the work of my fellow man. I'm not going to hinder that. But I, oh God, help me that when I see that you're under a load, when I see that you've got something bigger than you can carry, that I'd be willing. I don't know how they communicate that. I don't know if he calls for help or if they see that he needs help. But I do know this: there is are running to help a friend of whatever it takes out of the colony to get the job done. Could we learn from that? Would that be a good learning experience for us? Whatever it may be, I tell you the ant is going to get the job that he has set out to do no matter the obstacle. I don't care what the obstacle is. The ant is going to get the job done. And I believe if you could entertain this dog, that God help us that we give all diligence to make our calling and election sure. And we judge that by the Word of God. Let us judge that by the growth 
by the change in character. Let us judge that. Let us examine ourselves to see if Christ is in us. Let us see if the Holy Spirit of God manifests Himself in our lives. Let me do that. I, I tell you this, uh, friend, if I would examine myself, you know what? I'm not going to be judged if I'll examine myself. But if I won't examine myself, I tell you, God's going to judge me. Could you see how needful it is that we examine ourselves, that we make our calling and election sure? How many times, how many times you checked that phone today? A ding, a ring, whatever, you know what they all mean. Maybe a voicemail, maybe a message, maybe a call, maybe an email. I don't know what all. Maybe a, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'd say the, the numbers and and the uh, uh, options are endless. But have you checked on this salvation today? Have you checked to see if what we've got lines up with the Word of God? She provideth her meat in the summer. And gathereth her food in the harvest. So you just think about this now. While there's opportunity, she's at it. No distractions, nothing to detour her. While it's summer, while there's an opportunity, while the harvest is on, she's gathering. And she's gathering to put in. And friend, she's gathering in. She's not gathering in to die in the winter. She's not gathering in to go to South America in the winter. She's gathering in to survive the winter and to be alive next spring. She is gathering. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says uh, how provides her meat in the summer. You know, there's no opportunity. God help us, folks. God help us. You know what we've got? We've got opportunity. We've got at least three opportunities a week to check with our salvation, to check on our calling and election. And I'll say this, I, I, I believe there's several people here. You got a question? You got a concern? I'm happy to talk to you. The Word of God is happy to counsel you. The Holy Spirit is happy to counsel you. But know this, you better make use of the opportunity that you have. Because I tell you what's coming, summer is soon going to be over. Our friend, the harvest is soon going to be past. Night time is coming when no man can work. A friend, the winter time is coming. And I tell you, friend, there'll be no more harvest brought in then. There'll be no more change then. There'll be no more diligence then. I tell you, what we're going to live on is what's underground, what's in the colony, what's down there, what's been laid up. That's what we're going to leave this world with is what we've got while we've had an opportunity. She gathereth Provideth her meat in the summer. You know, this is a seasonal thing, isn't it? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that's true? Well, let me ask you this. In the season of life, where are you? 
spring, summer, fall. Where are you in the season of life? Is it time to be sure? Is it time to have certainty? Is it time, Paul said, to make your calling and election sure, certain, firm, a foundation, unmovable? Oh, preacher, I'm saved. Have you checked on it lately by the book? Have you checked on it? Have you been like the ant? Have you been diligent? Have you been laying up while there's an opportunity? While God has given summertime? While God's given a great harvest? While there's an opportunity to gather in? Have you been laying up? Uh, Jesus said in the book of Matthew about chapter 6 or 7, He said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where their moth nor rust doth uh, break through or thieves break through and steal. I tell you something, folks. We could learn something from the ant if we would be willing to. We could see that there's a time of opportunity. There's a season and there's a time when there's a harvest. And I tell you, there's a time when the harvest is over. And you know, she's taking this and she's storing it. And she's storing it in a safe place. She's storing it in a place where it's not easy for moisture to get to it. Most of the ants that you're reading about in the Bible days and that area are seed gatherers. That's what they are. They're seed gatherers. They're gathering seed and taking that and putting that underground in their, in their house, in their residence, in their colony. They're putting that underground. And let me say this to you. If, if, if it does come a flood, if it does come over and over and over an abundance of, of rain, you know what they'll do? Uh, they take that corn or they take that seed and they bite the end off of it. And that's, that's one of the names. That's one of the names. Let me just read that to you. One of the names in Hebrew is Nemala. Nemala, to cut off by biting. That's the name of the ant. So what are they doing? I do what they're doing. They're biting the end off of the seed. They're consuming that and living on it. And yet the seed is not going to sprout because it has gotten wet. And they'll take it out and dry it if the weather permits. But if it won't, if it can't be dried, they bite the end off of it or it cannot grow. Can you imagine now a colony underground that's full of seed and it gets wet and starts to grow? You know what's going to happen? All of that that they gathered in, all of that that they brought in is going to destroy them and their home and their family. Oh, I would today that we would gather in that it was good. We would gather in that it's eternal. We would gather in and bring in that that will last us through the winter. I bet that will take us into eternity. I do that while it's seasonal. While there's an opportunity. While God is giving a harvest. While God is making a door. While God's got the door open. I'll tell you, I chose said to Pharaoh, there's going to be seven years of plenty and we need to gather it up. We need to gather it up and put it into storehouses because there's coming seven years of famine and you're going to forget about the years of plenty. I'll tell you, the Bible said, a friend, if a man live his whole life and they're all good days and all bright days, know this, the days of darkness shall be many. Are you prepared for the days of darkness. The days of famine. 
brought a forgetfulness that the days of plenty. Who laid up? Joseph. The prime minister. Can you see this, folks? Just think with me a minute. His father sends him down to check on his brethren. They sell him to the Midianites. Sold into Egypt as a slave. Lied on at Potiphar's house. In prison for probably 10 to 15 years at least. Forgotten by the butler. But there came a day that Joseph was called for. You can take this however you want to. He was called for by the king. Thank God all of his life was in preparation to be called forth by the king. And you know what his job was? The honest to God truth, his job was to preserve lives. Look at the ant. Does the ant look like Joseph? Does Joseph look like the ant? Is Joseph gathering in harvest time? Is Joseph gathering, I believe he gathered 20%, I believe that's right. He got 20% of what was in Egypt every year from harvest, put that back in the storehouses. When the seven years of famine come, Joseph opened the storehouses. You know something, there's coming a day. You're not going to be able to gather in anything else. It's going to be what you've got in your heart. It's going to be what is on the inside. It's going to be whether you've made a diligent search. It's going to be whether you have made sure your calling and your election. And it's, I believe we can learn from the Anne. While there was an opportunity, she was gathering. While there was an opportunity, she was laboring. While there was an opportunity, she was not diligent. While there was an opportunity, she was not slothful. She wasn't lazy. She wasn't falling by the wayside. She wasn't distracted by the and that and the other. I'll tell you there was one thing on her mind and that was to be prepared for the future. Again, I'll ask you, where are you in the season of life? I say for me, somewhere between late fall and winter. It's the truth. By the Word of God. I'm not... I'm not I'm, I'm not thinking, you know, man, every man thinks he's immortal. We all think that, don't we? But the reality is, I'm somewhere between fall, late fall, and winter. Honest to God, I may be right in the middle of winter right now. I may be getting ready to leave here in the next day or two. Might leave tonight. I say, thank God, I've checked. I've checked my storehouse. I've checked on my calling and election. I've made sure that what I think I have is exactly what I've got in the storehouse. I want to make sure by the Word of God that what I say is salvation is what God says is salvation. 
she gathereth, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. So while the conditions are good, you know these these fellas cutting corn, they got a real time right now, ain't they? I mean, it's dry, and I wish it would rain. But I'd say they're saying, man, I hope it don't rain for at least another week or ten days where we can get this corn in. Because if it starts raining, our corn crop, we're not going to be able to get through the field with a truck. We're not going to be able to get the chopper through the field. And our corn crop is going to decline and decline and decline in quality if a week of rain goes by. You know what they're doing? I tell you, they're laboring and they're working while there's sun, while there's an opportunity. Friend, we've got a little season that we can make our calling and election sure. And Paul and Peter both tells us to examine ourselves and to make sure, brethren, give diligence to make your calling sure. Is an ant a picture of diligence? I believe an ant is a picture of diligence. Provideth her meat in the summer, gathereth her food in the harvest. How long? How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? I don't I, I realize we could take that naturally. I believe that's a, a picture of our America today, honest to God. That's a picture of America today. But let us bring it down and look at America today spiritually. Let us look at our lives today spiritually and God is saying, how long are you going to sleep? Ain't it time to get up yet? Do you realize what time it is? Do you realize that time and the opportunity and the season is quickly running out? Do you know this, old sleeper? How long are you going to lay there? I'll tell you this, friend. The more I believe this, and I've seen it, I've seen it in my own life, and I believe that the older we get, the more truth there is to it. The more you sleep, the more you want to sleep. Uh, the more that you laze around, the lazier you'll get. Uh, friend, the, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean that that is the natural downfall of the body. Uh, you don't get it up. You don't push it. You don't exercise it. You don't make it go out of the comfort zone. I'll tell you tomorrow, a little bit less or so what is going to be comfortable. I'm not going to be able to do as much as I did today. Not any more than I did today. That's going to get me out of my comfort zone. So I'm going to do, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to become more and more slothful in my spiritual interest. You know something? I can't check on you. I can do my best to give you the Word of God, encourage you to check. I can tell you what the trend is. You want to check? You want to change your investment? Well, it looks like right now, preacher, the trend is a downward trend right now with what I'm investing in. Well, is it time to change investments? 
Is it time to move from where we are? Would you say this, friend? If we don't invest in the right thing, we're going to be a loser. Well, I'll just say this for me. I'm as dumb as a post about knowing what to invest in. But I've got great faith in a fella that I've been dealing with for several years and he has been diligent and exactly, you know, I know we can't predict everything exact, but the trend is exactly what he told me it'll be. It's in the right direction. I, I, I'm trusting in somebody that knows thousands of times more than I know. Oh, would you believe this? Would you believe that God is trying to give us a little advice? I'm talking about eternal investment advice. I'm talking about that that'll go through the winter with you. I'm talking about when all the days are dark. I'm talking about when the sun goes out in your life. I'm talking about when all that we can do and there's no more gathering in. I'm talking about when the days of darkness come. I'm talking about when we leave this world and go out to meet God. Would you take some advice from the one that knows what lies ahead? How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? He tells us in Romans chapter number 13, it's high time to wake out of sleep. That know what he says? Romans chapter number 13. And that, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. He tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, he said this, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day, uh, in, 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 in the day of salvation, I have succored thee. What does that mean? That means I've helped you. Is there a day, would you say this, that Boaz, in the story of Boaz and Ruth, that Boaz intentionally helped Ruth by what he told the reapers. When she goes out, don't you bother her. Don't you hinder her. And every now and then, you let some handfuls of purpose fall for her. God said, the day of salvation, the time in a time accepted in the day of salvation, I have succored thee. I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. When, when's the ant gathering? <laughs> I tell you, she's not asleep. She's not laying on the bed of ease. Our friend, the harvest is going on. How there's daylight. There's an opportunity. It's the right season. God's helping her. God's giving her strength. God's giving her understanding. I'm not talking about reasoning like you and I have, but somehow on the inside, without any outside influence, she is doing a job that is preparing her for the future. I want you to look at all the outside influences that we have today. And there is no preparation made for the future. Spiritually speaking, this is what the book says. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? 
When will thou rise out of thy sleep? You know, there's some folks. I don't know how they do it. Six comes. Seven comes. Eight comes. Nine comes. Ten comes. And they're still in the bed. In the bed at ten o'clock in the morning. Arise, old sleeper. I tell you spiritually, we might, we might laugh and make fun of that. We might think, my God, that's lazy, ain't it? That's what I'd call it. I'd call it lazy. But let me ask you this. When He calls it eternal and everlasting life, when He calls it spiritual preparation, what do you call it? Do you call it lazy then? Because I tell you, He's calling us to a spiritual awakening. He's calling us to a spiritual reality. He's calling us to be brought out of this drunken stupor. He's calling us, I tell you, people are so drunk on the world today and on the pleasures of the world today. Now the devil has got us rocked off to sleep and there's no fault about going out to prepare, being prepared to go out and meet God. But the ant, with no chief, no officer, no ruling power, is out there working diligently, nonstop, laboring, providing, preparing for the future. This is what he says. Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Can you see that? I see that. I see people do that. Maybe you go and visit somebody, they're in a hospital, and, 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 and they're going to take a nap. Most of the time it's like this, or maybe like this. or You know, what's he saying? They're preparing to sleep. That's what they're doing. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Let's see the end of that. So shall thy poverty Come, as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. So, could you think about this? That word, so shall thy poverty come, as one that traveleth. Maybe a vagabond. The word means to move swiftly. When they catch a thief on the camera... You usually see them just meandering around. Or do they usually make their strike and try to get away as fast as possible? Suddenly. I believe we could say it like this. It's going to come. Whether it's evil tidings or it's to do evil. Our slothfulness is going to be pro- bring, bring poverty in our own lives. We're going to run into poverty. And we're not talking about losing 10000 in the stock market. We're not talking about that our 
401k went down 23%. We're talking about losing out on eternal and everlasting life. Losing salvation. Losing. I'm not talking about being saved and losing that. I'm talking about losing out on the opportunity to be saved. I'm talking about while the harvest was on, while the summer was on, while there was an opportunity, while God said wake up, while God said how long are you going to sleep, while God said to you realize what's coming, I'll tell you suddenly poverty is going to come that's going to last eternally. Every bit of this revolves around slothfulness, laziness, drowsiness about your spiritual condition. That's not the end of the verse. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth swiftly, unexpected, in and out, and you're robbed. Some folks may leave slowly, and some folks may leave suddenly. Those folks that leave slowly, is there necessarily an opportunity for them? Just because they're leaving slowly, does that mean that they have an opportunity? When can I get in? When He succors me. When He helps me. In season. In the harvest. When He calls. Isn't that what we started with? Make thy calling and election sure. Give diligence. Listen, listen just a little more. The poverty is going to come as one that traveleth. So maybe a thief in the night. Maybe evil coming to your house. Maybe it's terrible news. Maybe it's an evil word that's come. And so shall thy poverty come as, as, as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. I wrote this down in my Bible. A strong robber. An armed man. A man that cares nothing about your life. You think it's going to bother him to pull the club out? You think it's going to bother him to pull the gun out? You think it's going to bother him to pull the knife out? Here is an armed man. And you know what the desire is? The desire is to destroy you. And the truth is, now look, look where she's at. She's asleep. Is there any resistance? Is there any overcoming the armed man that comes in suddenly, quickly, armed, ready to take our life? Can you resist? Can you get away from the armed man? Why am I in this situation? Slothfulness in my spiritual checking. Going to check, going to check 159 times a day. The average American going to check their mobile phone 159 times a day. When have you checked on salvation? 
When have you checked on your election and your call? I'll tell you what's going to happen. An armed man is going to come. A traveling man is going to come. A man's going to come quickly. And I'll tell you what it's going to bring. It's going to bring eternal and everlasting poverty to our lives. And we're going to be, we're going to be under the spell. We're going to be under the control. We're not going to be able to resist. We're going to be unable to fight. We're going to be taken by surprise. And we're going to lose everything. Why? No diligence. Slothful. I tell you what we can do. We can go to the ant and we can learn. We can go to the ant and she is not going to be, she is not going to be detoured by my number 10 boot in her heel. She'll go around my boot. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut a log and lay it across there. That ain't going to stop her. I tell you, there is one goal. You ought to have one goal, friend. You ought to have one goal, and that is to make your peace calling, your election, and your calling sure, to make it steadfast, to make it firm, and make it, I tell you, we need to make sure that it lines up not with what I think, not with what tradition says. God help us that our lives line up and our salvation line up with what the Word of God says. We could learn from the ant.